Are you a defense financial manager looking to invest in your career? Attend PDI, the Professional Development Institute in Phoenix, Arizona, May 29th to 31st. PDI is the premier annual training event for the DFM community with over 100 educational sessions, 300 speakers, and the ability to earn up to 150 continuing professional education credits. This three-day event enhances the knowledge and skills of defense financial managers in the DOD, U.S. Coast Guard, and public and private sectors. Register today at PDI2024.org. Early bird rates end April 30th. A perfect giant day is like a, you know, it's, it's like a fine gem or something. It, it needs all the pieces to come together. And I think that's the elusiveness makes it part of what keeps you interested. Hey folks, welcome back. This is Commander Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Super stoked you could join me today. This is going to be a lot of, a lot of fun. I can't tell you how stoked I am to have our guest today, Mr. Laird Hamilton, surfing legend. Um, if you haven't heard about him, then you've probably been living in a cave. But um, you'll soon find out what he's all about. But before we get started, a uh, couple things. First, if you haven't heard me yap about our Burpees for Vets Challenge, let me tell you about a little bit more here because I think you're going to want to help us out. So we've committed to do 22 million burpees this year, 22 million burpees. And as you might imagine, I can't do them all alone. I'm going to do a minimum 100,000, probably more like 120,000. I'm chipping away 300 to 400 a day. Uh, so far, we've got several hundred uh, people who've joined me, either with a team or them, you know, just solo. And they've selected a number of burpees, anywhere from you know five or ten thousand to up to others who've selected a hundred thousand, like me. And the idea is we're going to do these burpees, get them in, come hell or high water, and we're going to pledge a little amount um, ourselves, and then you you can have others pledge for you. So I'm pledging ten cents a burpee. Our goal is to raise two hundred fifty thousand dollars and to raise awareness for veterans suffering from post traumatic stress, because twenty two a day get that. 22 a day are committing suicide. I mean, that is unsat. And uh, we got to do something about it because, you know, the government just hasn't been able to help these pe- these folks who've served for, you know, served us and now are suffering. So we're going to suffer for them and help them out a bit. So join me if you can, burpeesforvets.com, check it out. Uh, and then, you know, send me a note or send my team a note if you, uh, if you need any help, if you want to join us. And the other thing is, uh, I've just completed the fifth anniversary edition of my book, The Way of the Seal. I'm super stoked. I added a chapter on leading in VUCA times, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. So that's going to be super cool, as well as a chapter on building elite teams. And that is due out on Memorial Day. So you can go find more about that and pre-order it with some cool, I think, uh, special gifts if you go to wayoftheseal.com. All right, enough on that stuff. Um, today's guest is a genius when it comes to crossover board sports, surfing. He's an influ- the primary influence behind uh, toe-in surfing, um, big in stand-up paddleboarding. I, mean, I can't wait to talk to him about how do you stand-up paddleboard between the Hawaiian Islands. That's insane. Um, also, hydrofoil. When I first saw that, I was blown away. I was like, that is freaking cool. Surfer Magazine labeled him as 
quote, the sport's most complete surfer displaying unnerving expertise. I love that. In a multitude of disciplines, flat out surfing's biggest, boldest, bravest, and best big wave surfer in the world today, bar none. So Laird Hamilton is an author and frequent speaker, and he's been in a bunch of movies, uh, as you can imagine, uh, Riding Giants. And then I watched last night his documentary. You got to check it out called Take Every Wave. And uh, excellent, excellent job there. So Laird, thanks so much for being on uh, the podcast and um, how are things going out in Hawaii? Well, thank you for having me. And well, it's, you know, it's a r- another uh, rainy day in the, in the wettest spot on the earth, which probably, <laughs> make, which probably makes sense, actually. <laughs> yeah, it really does, actually. <laughs> yeah, I spent a ton of time in Hawaii. I lived there for a year when I was in the SEAL teams. Uh, the weather can be unpredictable, that's for sure, especially this time of year. Well, so. I, 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 lo- I, I, I think, uh, you know, that aspect of the weather, you know, that unpredictability, w- which always kind of keeps you honest you know i I think i love that i think for me i i that's one of the things that that makes me so connected to nature is just that that kind of keeping you on your toes never letting you get too complacent not too predictable you know it's great yeah you you really as a surfer i imagine and also someone kind of close to the earth you really don't have so much of a set schedule i mean you got things you plan on doing every day but if the surf's up you go you know what i mean right and if it's pouring down rain, you go tr- to the gym or you go train or you do something else. But every day could be different, right? Ab- absolutely. Well, especially this time of year, you know, I, I, I kind of dedicate my focus to being in Hawaii and waiting for the surf. And it's, you know, it's a little bit like the fire department. You, 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 know, you know, you just, you, you got to <laughs> be ready. You don't know when it's going to happen, but you know, it's going to be a big one. And, and right. so that kind of, that gets in the way actually of, you know, a, a more regimented kind of routine, which is what I normally do uh, in the off season. That when I live in California, you know, you can be more kind of uh, disciplined in, in the and be real routine. But when you're, you know, when you're waiting around, you know, when you're waiting for the right conditions, the last thing you need to do is go, you know, do do a bunch of five hundred burpees and then. You know, and and then and then have a giant swell and be a little fatigued, you know, yeah, right, right. and compromise compromise the performance. How do you tell when the swells come? I mean, you, you, is it instinctual or is it, do you have a network? Uh, do you watch the news? Ch- you know, the Weather Channel. What do you? How do you know? Well, there's a few, a few different sites. I mean, uh, actually, you know, all, all the NOAA reports. We have buoy reports. You know, we're watching. Okay. Uh, we're watching, there's some apps, that weather apps that we know, uh, you know, maybe f- five days ahead of time that there will be a potential swell. But, you know, we have a saying, right? It's not till you see the whites of the eyes. I mean, it, it's all, it's, well, it's just all hearsay <laughs> right. until then. And, you know, how many swells have there, you know, have been forecasted that never showed up or, right. or weren't nearly what they said they were going to be. It seems like that happens more times than not. And, and do you ever know when the biggie's coming or is that just like pure chance? No, you know, you know, when you there's do. a low pressure, you know, off, off in the Pacific that, that has the potential to produce the kind of energy that will make them, you know, a monstrous swell, you know, I mean, there's no hiding that, that energy source. And yeah. so, you know, you can see that on, on the sites. And, but again, there's the variables of, you know, what it's like when it gets here, the winds have to be right. 
Um, the swell angle has to be right. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of variables that, that go into, to getting a perf, you know, a perfect giant day is like a, you know, is, is like a fine gem or something. It, it needs all the pieces to come together. It's not just, and I think that's probably what makes it, the elusiveness makes it, you know, part of what keeps you interested, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Now our folks who listen to this, um, we always like to kind of get, you know, into the mind or heart and mind of the listener. And so that kind of takes us back to early childhood. So can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about your childhood and, you know, how you ended up in Hawaii and your parents and kind of like, what were the, the influences in your life that started to forge you at a young age? Well, I, you know, my, my, uh, my mother, uh, got pregnant from her, her child, you know, her high school sweetheart. And I think, you know, it was the sixties and I think, you know, I, I think he wasn't ready to be a responsible parent at 18 and, and decided that he was going to be a merchant Marine. And, and, uh, you know, and my mom was left to kind of deal with having a child on her own. And, and, uh, I was born in San Francisco and, and, uh, actually at the, you know, at the university hospital, cause I think they were doing some study on pregnant women and, and my mom got to get some free medical or something like that. And then, and then moved me to, took me to Hawaii as when I was a couple months old and, and where I, you know, grew up. But, you know, by the time I was four or five, I still didn't have a dad yet. And I met a guy that I wanted to be my dad and I introduced him to my mom and they got married and he, be, he <laughs> awesome. became my dad. And, and, uh, and, 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 you know, and then, and then, uh, and then that I was Bill Hamilton, by the way, right? Yeah. yeah. Now my stepdad okay. was a, was a, uh, a great, uh, is a great surfer, was a great surfer in the sixties, uh, from Southern California, uh, a well-known uh, uh-huh. surfer at the time. <laughs> you how to surf or were you kind of already on your way when you, you know, when he came into your life? Yeah. I, I mean, his influence, uh, on me in my surfing was, you know, dramatic, dramatic, but the, the, the fact is, is that I was already, you know, playing in the shore break and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and actually when we first met, he took me on his back and body surfed into into the to the tube into the barrel the thing that nice. attracts surfers you know getting inside the mm-hmm. in the wave mm-hmm. now you're you know we have something in common in that i'm i'm a waterman i'm not a surfer like you but as a seal as you can imagine you know we've got to love the water being around it and i grew up around the water in a lake actually upstate new york and so you're clearly just like super drawn to the ocean and you spend hours and hours and hours in the ocean every day. Do you think, or maybe have you reflected upon if you hadn't gone to Hawaii, would you still have found big wave surfing? I mean, if you had grown up in San Francisco and your mom had never moved and all that. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know if, if, if I, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, my, my, my stepdad, Bill always said, you know, big wave riders are born and not made, um, you know, and that you have a, you're born with the instincts and the desires and, you know, all of that. And it, you know, but, but the fact is, is that, you know, I might've found something else that, represented a big wave, you know, um, I, I just given my personality, but I'm not, you know, but, but I don't, I don't know if, if, if I wasn't in Hawaii, you know, if I, if I wasn't raised here, would I have 
you know, I, I might've done something, you know, that was, you know, that was big wave riding for wherever the area was that I grew up, <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever, no, that represent, whatever that represents, you know. That's interesting because I've been thinking a lot lately about kind of purpose and, and, um, you know, what the Buddhists would call Dharma. And, you know, I would grew up in upstate New York in a decidedly non-military family. My, they did not like the military. My dad always put it down. He, he ended up joining the army, but that was because a judge told him to, you know, or else he'd have to go to jail. And so a lot of negative association. And yet I found the seals, you know what I mean? It's like, I was drawn toward that. And my sense is a lot of, you know, people, once you get clear about, you know, or once you start to really connect, you know, to that inner voice, then you're going to be drawn to what you need to be drawn to. And it's interesting to think about anyways. I don't think there's an answer though. So I'm kind of, I was curious then if you it, had that experience. Then, then it must be a good question. If, yeah, if there's, no doubt. If right. there's no answer, there's, that's a, that's a, that's a good question, but yeah, but I, you know, I mean, listen, that probably speaks into a, into a deeper, even bigger thing, like predestined and, you right. know, some of these other philosophic approaches right. to life, right? It's like, are you, but definitely, you know, you're drawn to, to certain things and I was drawn to the ocean, but I, a lot of it was because I was around it. My mom was from you know, Southern California where surfing at the time was kind of represented. I mean, because of Vietnam and the, and the war and all that, I think it represented this kind of other freedom that, you know, people were searching for in the sixties. Right. Another way to look at this, I think is, you know, I watched the documentary last night. I thought it was extremely well done. So really great job with that. Thank you. Um, good direct, good storyteller, good director. Yeah, no, well, that's great. But it had a lot, they had a lot of material to work with, right? The, um, if you had not been who you were, would toe in surfing have still evolved or to- yeah, I mean, would- yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, it's interesting cause I've been involved in a lot of, a lot of these kind of, I call innovations and, you know, and, right. and, and listen, I mean, I was, I was doing stand up paddling for five or six years, uh, seven, eight years before anyone else anyone right. period did it uh, you know <laughs> and, and and the you know so but the fact is is that you know you, we always want to think we're special and unique right you know there's a famous uh you know i love the way you know when the, you connect it to you know that's just a new application of an old idea and if to, right. you have a unique thought after we've had billions and billions of people on earth it would be kind of a rarity probably um yeah. y- y- you know but but it, that's another, that's another one of those, the, those, yeah. those things. I, you know, I think one, of, I think one of the, one of my, uh, I wouldn't say unique, but one of my skill sets is that I, I, I have a tendency to be able to understand some of the implications of what certain things will have. So mm-hmm. I, I can identify, I get a light goes off and I go, well, if you do that, then you do this. And then that's the outcome. And, you know, I connect that maybe to my mom, you know, my upbringing and, and my mom really cultivating imagination. I think that was a mm-hmm. big thing well, you know, when you live down the end of a road and you don't have TV and, and, mm-hmm. and, and you got to be imaginative, right? So yeah. in, in a way, I think I connected to the imagination and, and then the ability to, to, to see things and go, okay, well, you know, if I do this and I do that, that's the outcome of it. And, and, and really be able to, cause, cause there's other people that have, you know, will, 
will, oh, well, I did that back when and did it. And I go, well, but I would be, yeah, if that's true, then why didn't you continue to develop the technique and bring it all the way to the point of, you know, what, what's been done right. kind of thing. So that's interesting. We all want to operate at peak performance and push past our barriers, find new boundaries, be the best that we can possibly be. Now, I've long been an advocate of natural training, believing strongly that Mother Nature has provided all the tools that we need. But recently, a few new innovations have evolved my mindset in this area. One of these is the new NeuroStim device for physical performance enhancement called Halo. Now, Halo stimulates that area of your brain responsible for movement, and the company has demonstrated a positive neuroplastic effect leading to performance gains in both individuals and teams. It's very simple to use and comfortable. I'm using it now to enhance my physical training as well as my somatic movement skills. Think Tai Chi. So I'm excited to now introduce this to the Unbeatable Mind tribe. And the team at Halo is offering $125 off the sport model. So check out their website at haloneuro.com. That's H-A-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com. And use the code UNBEATABLEMIND125 at checkout. Trust me on this one. There are a few folks who already have the jump on you. So go to haloneuro.com today and use the promo code UNBEATABLEMIND125. You know, when I watched that, um, you know, the way you guys depicted the evolution of the toe in surfing, I was thinking of myself water skiing. I grew up water skiing and I'm like, it looks a lot like water skiing, you know, like slalom skiing. And Absolutely. And were, you, were you a water skier? Did you, is that where that idea came from? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was a water skier. I have water skied and I did some, you know, I've done yeah. some barefooting and, but I didn't yeah, really sure. grow up water skiing per se. Um, but we had, we did, we would freeboard, you know, free, which is water skiing. It's just, but we do it on surfboards and freeboarding was what you did as a surfer when you had a boat and there was no waves before there was wakeboarding. (laughs) So we would go out on a surfboard and get drug around and, you know, and that's where it came from. But, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these innovations are hybrids, you know, where you, you take water skiing and you take it and combine it with surfing and you have toe-in surfing, right? You take something else right. and you, I mean, you know, you take paddling and take surfing and you put it together and you have stand-up paddling. It's like you, there's, yeah. these are just hybrids in a way, right? right? Right. That's pretty cool. I have a note here in my show notes from uh, Allison that, you know, essentially when you grew up in Hawaii, that you were bullied as a minority. And that's really fascinating. Most people wouldn't imagine a toe-headed white kid being a minority. What was that like for you? That may ha- that may be one of the things that's had the greatest effect on on me uh, mm-hmm. in, in my life, especially you know when you're young and in, and and you want to fit in, you're you're needing to be accepted. I mean, I think it's a survival thing, right? You're you're needing right. to be accepted by the by the tribe or the community in order to survive, uh, and then you're and then you're an outcast. I think that you know. For me, I, I and I could simp it, 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 it's it allowed me to sympathize with you know minorities mm-hmm. and at every because a minority is a minority doesn't matter what color you are you know you can relate right. to other people other minorities and I think that you know I've been sympath it's made me more sympathetic 
um, of minorities. It's also make, made me, you know, I used to say, I actually still say, you know, I really don't mind if, if people are bothered by what I do, if, if they don't like me for how I was born. So, mm. you know, right. and I think that's allowed me to kind of go a, cert- a few directions that, that I wasn't looking for acceptance. I wasn't going to be, um, you know, I wasn't going to be deterred by peer pressure or, you know, wanting to fit in. And so I, you won't do things against that. I, I think, you know, I was, that, that's been one of the mechanisms that's helped me um, because I wasn't looking for a, approval from the tribe because I was already outside of it. I was already yeah. outside yeah. that. But then that's somehow maybe in the back, of my mind, I'm looking for ultimate approval, which is, you know, being good at something that, that where I grew up was considered, you know, that was the tri one of the tribal sports. <laughs> I can imagine it, it got pretty vicious out in the lineup, you know, when you're out there with all these locals and all of a sudden, you know, here's Laird, you know. Yeah, Toehead. The Toehead. <laughs> you know, when I teach resiliency, I, I've come to learn that one of the biggest um, attributes of resiliency is non-attachment, you know, not being attached to what other people think, like you said, not being attached even to the outcomes of what you're working on. Yep. Just go all in and throw your you know heart into something, but don't be attached. Yeah, it gives, that sounds it gives, like it gives that's what you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I didn't go. I didn't get to go to the class, but I definitely got got it. <laughs> the school of hard knocks is the best one, right? That's I got that resiliency part. That, that that's one of them for sure. I got the. the uh, was there was there a defining moment where you learned to like stand up for yourself, or you had like that aha breakthrough? You're like, screw this, you know, I'm not going to be a victim here. Well, you know, I, I think one of the one of the things that happened really early at a very young age. And, and I, I'm not sure how many times it happened, but my, you know, my mom had boyfriends and they weren't always great to her. And, and I mm. was, um, you know, I had, I heard stories where I would, you know, I'd be like three years old and I would just put my head down and run full speed at adult men, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, you know, like I was not, you're going to take them out. I'm going to take them out. I'm not going to, I'm not scared of you. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Mm. And so, um, and, and of course, out of protection of your mom, you're going to be pretty, I would think, pretty courageous, mm-hmm. even if you're three years old. So I, 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 yeah. I think I had some of that. I had a little bit of that. I had, I mean, you know, again, uh, I feel like there, you know, the, it's a, like a recipe. You know, our lives are like a recipe. Everybody's a, a different dish. And, you know, you it is a little bit here and a little bit there and when you did it and how all those things affect, you know, the, the, the overall soup. Uh Mm-hmm. But, but I, I think that, you know, I think that though that initiated me when I was younger, like I said, to be willing to stand up against adults, of course, the guy would just give me a slap and I'd fly on the, you know, fly into the corner, but that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't, uh, you know, that, 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 mm-hmm. that's probably what helped me, uh, be ready to take on those, you know, those challenges. Well, yeah, it's almost like a metaphor for a wave, you know, you're going to get slapped down. A lot before you write it, you know, before you, even before when you're, you even it. when you're a, a so-called expert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, you know, I mentioned that I love the water and we use the water in our seal fit training. You know, we put people in the ocean for hours and, you know, I try to get people to understand how profound a teacher the ocean can be. Mm. What were, you know, what has the ocean taught you 
about life and you know things in general. I, I, I would say the oceans taught me all the important things. <laughs> so, uh, but definitely, uh, you know, respect. Uh, sure. my, the oceans taught me uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of patience. Patience beyond mm. my my understanding. Mm-hmm. It's taught me fairness. It's, it's fair. It's mm. like the oceans, the ultimate. You know the an ultimately fair environment. It's it, it, it's predictable, reliable. It, 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 for me, it represented this, uh, a place of, you know, I always said we're all equal before a wave, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter who mm-hmm. you are or what you are. Or, it, it, the wave doesn't discriminate, you know? And I think right. being in that environment, you know, you have a tendency to learn, uh, you know, you have a tendency to learn about, uh, it's not personal. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's not personal. Don't take it personal. <laughs> you're right. you're going to be subjected to, you know, certain things and then and then and then you get rewarded too it it that, that environment rewards you for your 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 understanding and your skill and your knowledge and your and your you know your relentlessness and your you know your 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 pursuit so what it, t- let's talk about that reward like what is that experience you know for someone like me who i, I don't even think i can stand up on a surfboard i've tried you know but uh it's not not for me. What is that reward for you when you're sliding down a, a wave? That, you know, well, that, feet high. The, you know, though it, it's it's the it's the it's the it, the reward is it's the representation of you know it represents kind of a, a life's pursuit, right? All the effort and time and energy that I put towards this this skill you know, the reward is, is the ride, the the rewards, the ride, like this is the, you know, that's, that's the reward that you can, that you're able to ride, uh, the energy of the ocean that you can be on the waves and you can ride them and, you know, and it's, uh, and, and it, and it represents all that, you know, and the ride and, and the intensity of the ride and the, and the, you know, and the, this, the skill of the rider is is a representation of you know of all of the effort and and, right. and ultimately your belief. Right. It reminds me almost of like a, a horse tamer, you know, taming of this wild stallion it takes so much patience and discipline and skill. But when you tame it, you know, the horse rewards you with the ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, amen. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that? Now, I know you appreciate some soreness brought on by getting busy with a bruising workout, but doesn't it suck when excessive soreness throws us off our game, causing us to back down on our effort, or even erasing those hard-won gains? That is why building recovery into our training plan is so important. Now, one way that I do that is with a simple-to-use recovery and healing tool called PowerDot. PowerDot is an electrical muscle stimulation device that forces type 2 muscle contractions, allowing you to increase muscle performance, speed up recovery, and also find a deeper mind-body connection. I've used complicated stim devices in the past to heal from my back injuries, but those were clumsy devices and not very effective to use for everyday use. The PowerDot, however, is a game-changer. Because of its simplicity and the control through a well-designed mobile app, 
is portable and powerful, making it usable for daily recovery or as needed for excessive soreness and to ward off potential overtraining injuries. PowerDot puts professional-level physical therapy into your gritty hands, saving valuable time and money. Now, the PowerDot team loves us at SealFit and Unbeatable Mind, and they have a generous offer for us. You can get 25% off the device when you go to PowerDot.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-D-O-T.com. And use the code UNBEATABLEMIND, all one word, UNBEATABLEMIND, at the checkout. So again, receive 25% off of one of my favorite tools for achieving increased muscle performance and recovery by going to power.com and using that code UNBEATABLEMIND. Hoo-yah. So what about fear? I, you know, we always have a saying this in the SEALs that if a SEAL who doesn't feel fear is about to die. And so we, we experience fear. We just manage it and we're able to direct it towards, you know, performance. Do you yeah. have a similar relationship with fear? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, you know, I always talk about, you know, when I get asked about being scared, I said, well, you know, fear is a sign of intelligence. Uh, hmm. in, in my opinion, when I hear about no fear and somebody not being scared, I question their intelligence. I'm like, okay, well, if that thing over there can come over here and smash me and then I don't have any fear of it, then I'm not, I'm not assessing it correctly. I'm not, I'm not respecting it. I'm not assessing it, you know, uh, correctly. And I, and I think fear and respect and fear and reverence, you know, those are, those are intertwined. I think you're an understanding, right? So if you have if you understand something, then you should have a certain level of reverence for it or respect, which is ultimately connected that there should be a certain amount of fear of it. Like, does it mean right. that you, that you, that the fear blocks you from, like you said, your performance, it should in, only enhance. I mean, you know, right. I always, I, I talk about, if you want to see what fear does, just watch an antelope run away from a cheetah. And uh, at the end of the day, you see how well an antelope runs because the cheetahs don't get them every time. And, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and so, and it, so at the end, your the enhancement to your senses that you can tap into with fear, uh, you know, and again, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a learned skill. I think there's a certain disposition that has a, has a, a, a certain, you know, there's a certain disposition in people that allows them to, to be naturally better at it. But I, I do believe that no matter who you are, you do it does need to be uh, nurtured. You have that has to be. You have to you have to refine that skill. That skill, and which ultimately that means you have to go be in scary situations and, right. and 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 see how you respond and and get better at those. And and but then never getting to the point of complacency too, because that's right. that's when you you know that's when you're vulnerable. As soon as you start getting complacent, that's when you're going to get it. Yeah, absolutely. I was having this conversation with a guy who's a wing, wingsuit jumper recently. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's got like 20,000 jumps and he, every jump he approaches the same way. You know, he's got this meticulous planning for risk management. Yep. And we were talking about how all these people jumping into that domain are getting killed because they, you know, yeah, they're not doing that. And yeah. I wonder if we see, we see the same thing happening with big wave surfing. Yeah, I, you know, I think we would see a lot more people getting killed in, in big wave surfing if it didn't take the level of skill it takes. Just to, to get there, yeah. Yeah, 
yeah, I think that's one of the things that protects us a little bit. Um, uh-huh. I think that, that innately the ocean has a certain amount of forgiveness that it's hard for us even to understand because it's water. We're made of water kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's flotation devices and other, other things that, you know, water rescue techniques with jet skis and, you know, but the fact is, is that the waves themselves are elusive. You know, they're not yeah. mountains that, that just are there that you can jump off any day. You can't just take the plane and fly up and jump out of the sky. I mean, you, you, that's every day, all the, always, anytime mm-hmm. waves are so elusive and, 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 you know, and hard to get to and hard and it, 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 to be in the right spot at the right time. It takes, I mean, even for the people that are the most skilled at it, they, they are always, you know, working, uh, at trying to be there for those moments. So I think that protects it too. doesn't allow the volume, mm-hmm. but I, I tell you what, if you had this many people, um, out in giant waves, as you do jumping out of airplanes and jumping off of cliffs, you, you'd probably be a lot more people passing yeah. away out there. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Interesting. Has your risk profile changed? I, I imagine the answer is yes. I don't want to answer it for you, but now that you have kids, you have three daughters, I think, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think that my risk profile really has changed more because I've grown up, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm a little, you know, more mature than I was 30 years ago. And, and, uh, and so I, I'm a little, uh, I think my experience and my, uh, you know, and that, and maybe some of that internal need has been, uh, I wouldn't say dampened, but you've, you've kind of fulfilled some of it, but a lot of it has to do with experience and understanding that you're just not maybe putting yourself in the situations that had the kind of risk before you knew some of the things that you know. So, um, you know, what, what, what was risky 20 years ago for me might not be as risky today because of my understanding, but, you know, kids definitely, I mean, my daughters, you know, I, 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 I love them. I, you know, I, but I, but I don't think it would be fair to them for me to, to, uh, say, you know, I used to do dangerous things and then you guys came along and I stopped doing that. They didn't ask me, you know, they didn't ask to come in the world. I brought them in the world and, you know, and, and I think that it's not fair to put that on them. Now I think people do that, but Mm -hmm. that's connected to actually that they were probably ready to stop doing the things that they were doing already. And it was more like, and in order to make it really, it was easy to justify. Well, now that I have kids, I don't do that anymore. Eh, That's great to say, that's great to say, but in my opinion, but the fact is, is that you, if you, if you can say, Hey, I had kids and that's why I don't do this anymore. It probably connected a little bit to the fact that you were probably <laughs> done wanting to do it. I yeah. just, you know what? You're absolutely right. In fact, you, <laughs> you, know? you just, you just proved a point to myself because I, I use that same excuse when I stopped jumping, parachute jumping, you know, when I, my son was born, my son, by the way, is born in Hawaii. He's 25% Hawaiian. Uh, we oh, yeah. adopted him out of Ma- Maui general. Awesome. <laughs> so 18. Well, my, 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 uh, your son's 18 now. Yeah. yeah. I have, a, I have a daughter, my youngest daughter, Brody was bo- born at uh, Maui Memorial. So, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I, when, when he came along, you know, I was like, ah, you know, maybe I'm done parachute jumping. Yeah. Yeah. When he, when your son was born, you said you were done parachute jumping. 
Yeah. Yeah, right. But the reality yeah. was like it was actually more or equal parts that I was not able to do it enough. Yeah. And so um, I started to feel the risk profile going up or the risk factors going up because I, I wasn't feeling the air as much. I was I was too yeah. detached from it. And so yeah. it you weren't in you way. weren't in the rhythm. You weren't in the tune the tune of it. Yeah. Right. But exactly. but that but you know that's for me. I, I you know and again I, I think it's you know part one thing I do think is important for the kids is that I think it's important um, that they, you know, because I get asked that now that you, you know, now that you, uh, part of my desire not to, Kava, sorry, I got a dog. Um, <laughs> he's very alert when there's humans. Um, but part of, part of, uh, one thing I want my daughters to see from me is what I look like when I come back from being you know, in the surf and in the big surf, you know, because I think mm-hmm. it's, it's important. I think it's important for your children to see you in your essence, right. To, yeah, s- to experience yeah. what you look like, how you are when you are doing the thing that you do, right. The thing that makes you feel the most alive, the thing that you're, yeah. you know, you're, I quote the jerk, the movie all the time, you know, your special purpose, right. So mm-hmm. you, you, you come back from doing your special purpose, the thing that you do, the thing that you've cultivated and refined and dedicated your whole life to, what does that look like? Because I think it's important for them to be able to see what it looks like in someone. So maybe someday that they can figure out how to do it for themselves, how to find yes. the thing that brings them that fulfillment, the thing that brings them that joy, the thing that brings them, you know, all the things, the agony, the thrill, the, all of those things that, that encompass, you know, you, when you do the thing that you do. Right. I love that. I, I totally agree with that. And what they see in you is probably peace, you know, peace of mind, contentment. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Exhaustion, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, which they can go. Wow, that that's I because we're because hey, listen. No, no matter no matter what we think, we're monkey see, monkey do. That's how we roll. Right. I mean, we're that's our the, 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 we're creatures that we. That's really what we do, and that's why I think whenever anybody does step out of that, and and you're one of the monkeys that does without seeing, and that mm-hmm. becomes kind of interesting. It's like you know the first guy to break the. The, you know, the, 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 the four minute mile, you know, the next year, 27 people break it. But that was, that first guy was right. unique because he was, he, he saw that he could before it was possible. And so, uh, right. I, I think that's, you know, but I, but we definitely are the monkey see you know, creatures. And so, you know, it's good for your kids to see that they, they, it's good for your, for them to experience you and your, in your, in your essence and whatever that is, maybe, maybe it's that you've been through past all that stuff and you don't need to do that stuff anymore. And so now you're actually, uh, you know, you're content being still and, and that's good too. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, it's all, you know, that's very cool. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frogmen of the U.T.T. Oh.